This podcast is a member of the Place to Be Nation family. Visit us at placetobenation.com, the only place to be in your pop culture world. Nation, welcome to episode number 23 of Tickets On. My name is Ben Wilmot, and let me bring in my co-host. He is very excited for this year's Mania trip because he's going to get some more ice cream off his daddy, Sean Kent. It's Logan Crosland. Logan, how are you? <laughs> I'm doing great. I can't wait to I can't wait to get that uh, ice cream bowl thing I got last year once again and smash it like I did last year. So looking forward to it uh, uh, once again. <laughs> I should remember. I should remember what part. I should remember what match it was. You were. You missed. You missed. But it was an absolute. I do remember it was an absolute banger. And I'm like, you've got. You two have got to get some ice cream. While this great match is taking place. <laughs> I think it was. I think it was Riddle Sheamus. Actually, it was what. That it was, was either it. that, that or that Biggie, Biggie Apollo. It was one of those two. That's. Like, I think. I think you might be right with Riddle Sheamus. To be fair, that's, that's, that sounds right because that was. That was quite the hot fest, as I remember. Mm-hmm. Yep. <laughs> but, but yes, you, you can you can you can get like um, as many bowls as you like. You know, you can make up for not being here tonight. You know, just you can you can sort that out for you. Yeah, he owes me one for sure for not showing yeah. up on the day that we scheduled specifically for him. But I'm not gonna be. Yes, about it. we have we have specifically scheduled a podcast, and yet again he has pulled out for him, and yet again he has pulled out at the last minute. But tonight he does have an excuse because it is. Our very own Sean Kidd's 88th birthday tonight. So happy 88th birthday, Sean. <laughs> From us all, all here at the Chicken Salad, all of your Chicken Salad brethren. Happy 88th birthday. So he's more of but a wilted radish lo- now. <laughs> <laughs> he's a wilted summit, all right. <laughs> <laughs> but me and Logan are not alone tonight because he came, he was with us last year for the rest one of our WrestleMania shows. He is making a return appearance. You might know him as the host of PTB NXT here on the Place to Be Nation feed or on the Ruthlessly Aggressive podcast on the North South podcast feed. He is Matt Cardona's best friend. It's Jake Williams. What's up, guys? Um, speaking of mania trips, um, Based on the photo I took um, last year for Mania and the fact that you guys polished me off anytime you're doing a uh, Mania show and those are my only appearances on here, I think I would be The Undertaker. Okay, yes. Yes, we'll have that. We'll have <laughs> that. <laughs> we'll have that. Now, Jed, we all... Mm-hmm. Oh, go on. Go on, sorry. go on, Jake. Sorry, mate. No, I'm just going to say happy to be here, guys. Always, always a good time to speak with you. And talk about some Thank of you. the... Um, you know, historically considered the worst WrestleManias of all time. So we'll see what happens. <laughs> well, you know, we have we have we have like Rory as our Royal Rumble expert. So you 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 are now officially our WrestleMania expert. So welcome. Uh, well, I, I must have lied on the resume, but I'll I'll roll with it. <laughs> <laughs> now, 
as we as we we mentioned, we are recording this a little ahead of advance ahead of time. Um, so we are actually recording this on March the fourteenth, twenty twenty two, and uh, this is going to be quite a sad day in wrestling history going forward. Um, this podcast is usually light and frothy and you know frivolous, and we will get back to all that. But I just want to take a minute right here to uh, remember and commemorate the late, the now sadly late and great. Scott Hall, a.k.a. Razor Ramon. Um, I have told this story many times on these pods. I started watching wrestling in November of 92 properly. So my guy, Scott Hall and Bret Hart were always my guys. Um, Scott is, you know, probably the most important wrestler of the last 30 years in terms of wrestler contracts, guaranteed contracts, all that kind of stuff. Has he got the match quality that others have got? No, he hasn't, but... Sometimes you just don't need match quality. You just need to be the coolest motherfucker in the room. And for about six, seven years, that's exactly what he was. Um, I'll go to Logan first. Any thoughts that you want to share? Yeah, I mean, he's just he's just a linchpin of a generation. And uh, he just, you know, he, he did so much for the business with the guaranteed contracts. He changed, you know, he completely changed how things were were done. They kind of went to the reality-based stuff with the NWO and all that. Uh, he was great in the new generation stuff with WWF, you know. You know, they weren't the most liked people backstage, but the click always had pretty good matches. And uh, Razor always was one of my favorites. Uh, you know, I didn't, I wasn't, uh, you know, I, I didn't really have uh, a lot of live memories of that time. But, you know, I always had tapes and stuff like that that I watched a million times. And he was a big part of that. And it's a big part of one, one that why that's one of the uh the uh the eras this i can't get it out the eras that i uh really enjoy is the new generation eras you know him brett sean all those guys uh really make me enjoy that time period um but yeah he'll be sorely sorely missed and he's he'll always be one of my favorites and you know we uh are all on highway to the impact zone and uh, even for his little run that he had there on our pod uh you know, mostly for comedic reasons. We, I, but I think we mostly enjoyed him, and he had a banger of a theme. So, um, but yeah, well, he'll be missed for sure. Uh, uh, Jay, as well as well as all that, what Logan said, just said, um, the work that he and DDP did together to get cleaned up for the last sort of five, six years of his life. It's just one of those. It's just one of those sort of life affirming tales, really. Right, for sure. That's what I was going to speak. I mean, obviously, he had a legendary career. But it is the the silver lining to all this. It's it's um it's a tragic story, and you know it's still untimely. But I think I'm glad that he did find some kind of redemption in the later years of his life, like you mentioned, Ben, like with DDP and kind of um because as as sad as his death is that we're talking about tonight, I think there are many. T- it could have ended much much worse, given you know all he went through in his life and with his struggles mm-hmm. and everything. So you know certainly not. There's really no good way to go, but I think if we think about Scott Hall's life, I think we'd rather be this way and him having these last few years where he kind of cleaned up and was able to at least have mm-hmm. some clarity um, in these last few is 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 a good thing. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, absolutely. Um, so yeah, um, I'd like to say I'm, I'm pretty cut up about it. I'll be honest, but uh, you know, he was he was definitely like I say he was definitely my guy, and that's that that that's all that there is. Just the 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 coolest motherfucker of the night he's in wrestling for me um rest in peace yeah this one hit hit a lot harder than a lot of them do for me too so Mm -hmm. i feel you 
Okay, boys, let's let's try and get let's try and get things back a bit lighthearted. Uh, we gave because we had Jake scheduled for the show before Sean pulled out. We gave Jake the, the pick of the show that we are going to watch tonight. Oh, we're going to talk about. Sorry. So, uh, Jake, what show is it that you have chosen for us? We are going to um, we are going to be talking about Wrestle. One of the few WrestleManias I think that's not known by its number, or maybe the only one that I feel like is known by something other than its number, and that would be WrestleMania 2000, a.k.a. WrestleMania 16, um, WrestleMania 2K. And I, I was going between a few. Obviously, the theme of the show is to revisit shows that don't always don't have the most stellar reputation. And so I, I was between a few of them, and I kind of was between this one and two. And I felt like this one is, I thought, was a little more interesting for me to go back to, just because it is sort of an outlier here, because I... I do think um, 2000 is considered one of the best years of pay-per-view, but then WrestleMania is kind of this weird outlier where people don't really have any fond memories of it. Um, you know, arguably the hottest time in the company's history, um, mm-hmm. you know, depending on how you compare it to the eighties and whatnot and, you know, what you factor in. So all of that kind of led me to think it would be a, a fascinating show to kind of revisit. Yeah, I, I would definitely agree with that. And I, I actually think, actually thinking about it, you just, you just, uh, you just got me on the thought there. Uh, it's only really the le- the latest WrestleMania like, in the last couple that aren't really known by the numbers, is it? It's like, mm-hmm. you know, I think I think maybe I think once you get to about thirty four, these kind of once you get to thirty four, that's about it. That's about it. That's great for the numbering. I might right. be wrong on that, but it's usually just WrestleMania now. Or WrestleMania, WrestleMania play button one. Yeah, I think WrestleMania thirty was really the last one. They all have a symbol, kind of a symbol now. So yes. Because Vince didn't want it to sound too old. (laughs) (laughs) Didn't sound old? Never. (laughs) Uh, So when did you two, because I knew, like I say, I I know I'm a bit older than you, so I I watched this live when it was on, it was on over here. So when when did you guys first watch it, Logan? Um, I think I probably played the video game before I saw the show. Uh, But I'd probably say I saw it. Maybe a couple years after it happened, I, I would always go to my grandparents and they would always take me to Blockbuster and I'd always get a wrestling tape. Uh, so I think I, I rented it at some point when I was about, you know, uh, eight or nine or so, something like that. So uh, pretty, pretty close after it happened, but not immediately, I'd say. Yeah. Uh, same question to you, Jake. Yeah, I would say similar low. We're probably in the, the early aughts sometime. I probably would have rented it or, or, you know, got a tape from somebody. And also, this would have been, you know, early 2000s was getting to where I doubt my dial-up internet in 2001 or something would have been able to download the whole show. But it, it was getting to the point where you could start through, like, um, file-sharing things, you know, where you start downloading individual matches. And it was plausible if you had, you know, 10 straight hours to let it download. You could kind of piece start piecing together things that way, too. I think dial-up internet's going into the write-up. <laughs> that takes me back. Um, and by the way, <laughs> not early, not early aught, noughties, Jake. If I teach you nothing else, <laughs> yeah. that time period is the noughties. I thought about it, but I wasn't sure. I was trying to remember if the noughties might have been like the, the aught-teens. So I wasn't sure. <laughs> I, didn't, I, I, I didn't want to botch it. <laughs> no, it's no, best that no, you didn't no. go there, Jake. You were safe. I, I appreciate that. <laughs> It's a great, it's a great word. <laughs> if I teach, if I teach you all nothing else, does that word will do? <laughs> so with with all that being said, Jez, let us go to Anaheim, California, for 
WrestleMania 2000 or WrestleMania 16, whichever you prefer. Uh, this would be, I believe, the second WrestleMania in Anaheim. They got WrestleMania 12 as well. So I don't know what was, I don't know what they were doing. I think, is it the celeb thing or what? You know, if you're going to go to California, it's LA, surely, instead of Anaheim. But maybe that's just me. We start, we start, <laughs> it is. Okay, okay, that's fine. No, well, start, I think they, if I had to guess a reason, I, I would imagine it's probably a bit cheaper because I know Anaheim is like more in the suburbs of like yes. LA so I'm I'm guessing that's the deal probably one of those like they have a deal with the building kind of thing like Chicago like they always mm-hmm. go to Rosemont which is not like the primary venue in Chicago yeah 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 and, yeah because they went to the and, they went to the pond a lot uh throughout that time period and you know throughout yeah, the that, year so and as we know Vince at heart is a cheap bastard so let's be honest <laughs> <laughs> So we begin with Lillian Garcia sorry, singing her version of the Star Spangled Banner, not America the Beautiful, which Vince usually rolls out for WrestleMania. So that was the, that was the first shock of the night, the fact that we got the Star Spangled Banner instead. Uh, we then head straight from that to a video package, which highlights the past manias. But the voiceover artist tells us that that was then, though, and this is now. We go to color and we focus on a McMahon in every corner. And, oh, by the way, there's these four guys who are going to take place at, take part in the Fatal 4-Way for the title. But remember, McMahon in every corner, that's the important thing here, guys. Vince, you know, not, not, not that Vince was over pushing his family much or anything. Uh, the hosts for tonight are JR and The King. We then get a very quick cut to the ring where the Godfather, D'Lo Brown, the Hose, and a man in red are already in the ring. If you already know, the man in red is Ice T. He was performing his song off the Aggression album, which for some reason, I'm guessing copyright, wasn't allowed on the WrestleMania, the WrestleMania uh, stream. Like, and I don't know why, because they put it on later on in the show. So I don't know why they didn't do it. Um, I'll go to Jake first. This was probably one of the most paint-by-numbers openers I think I've ever seen, but The Godfather is such a great opening act. Uh, yeah, but uh, <laughs> um, he is the entrance, but um, if this was paint-by-numbers, um, I think the color they're painting with would be shit because this uh, <laughs> opener <laughs> this opener sucks pretty hard, I have to say. <laughs> I will also I will also say with my highway to the impact zone hat on, uh, the Godfather is wearing a shirt that our very own Don West would be very proud of. That is a Don <laughs> West quality pay-per-view shirt right there, gents. Uh but like 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 Jake says, Logan, this is uh this isn't very good. You, you know, like yeah, the Godfather gets the crowd going, but just if they're gonna push ball, just put him in like the hardcore battle roll. We don't need this tag match. Yeah, I mean it's just it, it, it's it's just as bad as the four participants that are in the match. I mean, D'Lo kind of does does what he can. He's probably the most competent guy in there. Uh, the boss man is way past his expiration date. He botches uh, so much stuff in this match. He's just absolutely cooked. Um, Bull's pretty green uh, at this point, but he p- kind of pulls out a few innovative little spots. Uh, he does like a, he runs and jumps on the top rope real quick and jumps back off and hits a drop kick. Uh, it might have not looked the cleanest, but it, I thought it was a pretty cool uh, idea of a move at least. 
Um, but a few pre-match things. Um, yeah, I hate that we missed the pimpin' ain't, pimpin' ain't, pimpin' ain't easy, man, from Ice-T, because uh, that's what he says about five million times. So, um, But the Godfather's pre-match outfit uh, was pretty pretty stellar. He had some, like, uh, dollar sign glasses, and then he had these, like, giant brass knuckle things that was just a big dollar bill sign, too. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, yeah, the, uh, the fashion statement award might've been wrapped up in this one with Godfather's kind of pre-match outfit and then what he wore <laughs> during the match. Um, <laughs> at, uh, some point throughout the match, uh, JR says something about Bull's mama is the one, the only one that can call him Barry or something like that. So I thought that was uh, a pretty yes. hilarious line. Um, but yeah, definitely not the best match. Uh, it could have been worse considering who was in it, but, uh, I went one on it. His mama, his mama calls him Barry, but his friends call him Bull. Apparently, that's uh, that's it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Jake, like, like, I mean, yeah, you're you're all right. This is a, this is not the best match at all. But uh, as as a showcase for Bull, it was he did okay. It was the other three guys that there was an issue with. Yeah, it seemed like most of the guys in here were mailing it in. Honestly, I feel like they were going with the uh, so there's like the two schools of thought maybe with an opener, like either go out there and get the crowd heated up or you know give people a few extra minutes to get to their seats. And I feel like this fell into the latter category, like uh, you know don't get the crowd too excited. Like they certainly weren't trying to steal the show. I can tell you that. Um, like just real weak strikes, the headlocks, real plodding pace, like absolutely no intensity um the the i thought the finish was good that was the highlight of the match for you i thought the top rope leg drop was pretty good for the win but overall mm-hmm. pretty lame stuff like um uh, and i was also thinking of bull is apparently like a lifelong sidekick because of, of course in the ruthlessly aggressive podcast i'm in the era where he's uh seen as lackey so i just feel like he's like a <laughs> lifelong second but old b squared baby <laughs> Yeah, but uh, this certainly didn't get me too fired up for the show. So I was hoping we had better things ahead. I only gave it a half star. Okay, <laughs> I I went. I'm with Logan. I went one star. Um, but that was that was mostly for some of the, that was mostly for some of Bull's moves, not for anything the other three guys did. Um, so we'll very quickly go on to backstage where Triple H and Steph are gloating about the fact that they are both champions at the biggest mania of all time. The ref, we then go to another backstage area on heat where the refs are having a meeting with the wrestlers who are in the forthcoming hardcore battle royal, which is our next match. There is a 15 minute time limit. There can be as many title changes in that time. Whoever has the title at the end of the time limit is the hardcore champion. The participants in this match are Taz who has some sparklers that you would expect at your mate's bonfire party in the garden that, you know, it's like, what well, you know, like, what, what are we doing now? Are we trying to get as many, are we trying to get five weeks series as short as him or what are there? <laughs> Vissera is there, the Mean Street Posse, Hardcore Holly, Kayentai, the Headbangers, the Acolytes, and Crash Holly. Now, before we start the match, gents, I have a very important question to ask you, and I'll go to Jake first. Jake, mm-hmm. who is your favorite member of the Me Street Posse? I think I'm going to have to go with, um, I'm very torn because I'll, it's 100% based on their names. Like, who's my favorite name? And so Pete Gass is just an amazing name. But I also kind of like Rodney just because he has like one name, like he's a share. Just Rodney. <laughs> I guess he's really- <laughs> but uh, I think I'm going to go, I think I'm going to go with Pete Gass. But while we're on the subject, I forgot Mean Street Posse have kind of low-key cool theme song. 
the little burn. Yes. Oh, yeah. Oh, yes. Mm-hmm. I kind of dug it. Yes. Uh, same question to you, Logan. I'm going to have to go with uh, Joey Abs just because the one time that Tess <laughs> said his name, it said it with like the thickest Canadian accent of all time and called him Joey Abs. So <laughs> I'm going to go with him for that specific reason. Uh, but Pete Gass is also uh, a solid choice. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm with Jake. I'm, I'm, I'm a Pete Gass man all the way. <laughs> well, well, and he'll, he'll further, he'll further name, endear himself. <laughs> yeah. Peter Gassman. <laughs> He will further endear himself as the match goes on. Uh, now, Jay, as for, as for the actual match, this is at least five minutes too long for what they were going for. It's, you know, if you're going to make, you're going to try and make, again, it's like the first match, you're going to try and make Taz a star, make him a star. Don't, you know, have him pin someone and then get pinned himself in a minute and then have to do this brawling another 10 minutes before we get to the end part. It was. That, that was sort of our main issue with the match too, or... I feel like if they were going to have it be this long, you have to have more, like, make it more of a spot fest where you have kind of more definitive planned out spots to kind of chain together all of the, like, hardcore brawling. Because the way it was, it just felt like, you know, when, like, a Royal Rumble gets to, like, a point where there's a lot of guys in there and it's just kind of meandering brawling. It was like that just with, like, weapons on the outside. And it just kind of, until they got towards the finish, it was like, I just felt like I was checking out a bit because there really weren't a ton of, like, memorable spots. It was just them, like, a big clusterfuck of them hitting each other with pains and, you know, nothing too memorable. I would almost wish it was more of a spot fest, you know? Absolutely. Uh, now, Logan, this match is known for the end, you know, the ending, which we'll talk about because they absolutely, you know, mess that up terribly. But uh, it's like Jake says, you know, like, it's just it's just an absolute stiff fest. Like some of those cookie shots that Bradshaw gives down, those those are some receipts for some of these poor boys. <laughs> yeah, Bradshaw has absolutely no regard for anybody's health. Uh bashes quite a few skulls in. Uh, just going around with cookie sheets, stop signs, just absolutely smashing everybody. Uh, trash can lids. It, it, uh, I think somebody whips out a box fan at one point. So, uh, yeah, super chaotic. Uh, and and it, it technically, obviously, it's not very good or all, almost all outright terrible. But uh, something about the chaotic nature of it kind of kind of hits with me for some reason. <laughs> yeah, I'm 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 the same. Like I say, it's, I, I'd have gone I'd have gone for a te- if you're going to do this, go for a ten minute match because. They also don't really explain the whole thing with the champ. It's like you can only pin the champ, but they never actually say that unless I missed it on the commentary. Jake, I can't, I can't remember if they actually said that at any point. Yeah, I'm not sure either. It was, um, yeah, I didn't really catch it too much. And I kind of like knew where this was going because I do remember the finish of the match. So I was kind of just waiting for them to get to that like closing sequence. To that credit, I thought was, you know, obviously the highlight when they get into that final five minutes. So to your point, Ben, maybe if you shave off and just maybe have a few minutes at the beginning, like the first half is like five minutes of them kind of brawling around and then kind of get to the, the real meat and potatoes of it. Yeah. I mean, like, like, like I said, Logan, the end of the match with the, with the infamous botched pinfall after the, the, the glass jar of sweets get smashed. Um, <laughs> like if we, I, because you just made this a triple threat match and it would just, we'd have still had the same result, but you know, we, like, I don't, I don't know. Well, I don't know even if we needed the the battle royal aspect. Have that on heat or something. Just say, just do a triple threat between Taz and the Hollies, and you'd have the same thing. 
Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I, that was another thing in this match. I think there were a few too many guys. Kai probably not, didn't really need to be there. The Acolytes could have been somewhere else. Um, you know, I, I, yeah, I definitely think it could have been easily, a, a, definitely a few less guys, and it even could have been a triple threat. Like you said, they could have done some kind of uh, battle royal shit fest at the, uh, on the pre-show on Heat. Um, but yeah, I mean, just throughout the match, uh, to start the match, Taz, I thought looked like a badass coming out uh, in his entrance. Uh, he immediately wins the title. Uh, but then he literally and figuratively gets squashed by Viscera. So, um, they pretty much killed any, 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 any chance of him being, uh, over at all. Um, I got kind of said the chaotic nature of the matches. I, 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 I just like these hardcore kind of crazy ass brawls. Um, uh, the box, I mentioned the box fan already. I thought that was pretty good. Uh, two, <laughs> Farouk gets a two by four at one point, um, and absolutely just bashes Viscera with it. And it, it was absolutely sick. Uh, I think he actually just smacks him in the head one time and then he maybe hits him across the back with the other one. Um, we were talking about Pete Gas earlier, him and Crash both have sick blade jobs. They bleed, uh, like no tomorrow, you know. Crash Holly has the blonde hair, so his hair is almost completely red by the end of the match. Um, I do love the 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 visual of the bloodstained sweater vest uh, that Pete Gas has on. So <laughs> that was an interesting interesting occurrence. Um, I would love to know how many people walked out of this match with concussions. Uh, I would like to know that number. I think it would be uh, probably it'd probably be less than I think, but I, I also would uh, be interested to see what that number is. Um, but as fun and hilarious and awesome as this was to watch at certain points, uh, the finish definitely ruins it. I don't think that that was the original plan. I think Crash is actually supposed to win, um, if I remember reading stuff correctly. Um, but something went wrong, and uh, Tim White tried to save it, but uh, <laughs> the commentary didn't do him any favors, and I think they just ended up kind of giving it to Hardcore because they realized they fucked up. But I do love him bashing the cookie jar or the candy jar over his head. So, um, like I said, I kind of enjoyed it, so I, I went one on this one also. <laughs> I I think they were literally just out by a second. And if you, if you watch it again, mm-hmm. it, that, that's all it mm-hmm. is, and. Tim White just doesn't realize. I, th- I, th- I think they are just literally out by that one second, and that just throws the entire thing out. Um, as for your, as for the concussion count, I'm going to go. I'm going to go for eleven wrestlers out of thirteen. I reckon the acolytes probably got up, got away <laughs> scot free. But I, the others, I, I the others, I don't fancy. Um, now, Jake uh, Logan kind of mentioned it. Like, if we if we didn't love Pete Gas enough already, that he, he basically bled an artery out, didn't he? That that blade, yeah. whoever did that for him. Uh, you change his name to Pete Juice. Uh, <laughs> yeah, the 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 Beat Street Posse are kind of I wouldn't call them MVPs, but they're kind of really good role players in this match. I have to say, with him and uh, I don't know something about them and their stupid like sweater vests and all is just I don't know. <laughs> it's it's kind of fun. I think I have a soft spot for this whole throughout this show, and it, it really came out in this match just because there's so many guys, but um, this is like the main era of like the early PS1 SmackDown games, and I felt like in this match, it was like half the roster from those games was out there, and so that kind of hit me in the nostalgia feels, but I ended up going uh, two on the match, which is funny because I felt like maybe sounded like he enjoyed it more than me, and then um, but I'm going to go two on the match. Like, I thought it was a fun concept, and I I like the... um, the ending of it and everything. I just felt like I'm with you, Ben. I thought it was just a tad too long and maybe needed a little more variety and maybe plan out the spots better. 
yeah, I, I'm going to split the difference. I went one and a half on it. Um, but Jake has just reminded me about one of my favorite spots, not just of the match, but of the whole show, which is when jo- Joey Abs wins the title. And he does that. He does that celebration when he raises his arms. And just goes, yeah. <laughs> 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 me up every time, just because he stays with his own gimmick and even does like a posh voice with it. It's, it just, it just cracks me. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Is it is it Rodney that looks like a like Canyon if he didn't work out <laughs> like a it's like uh, the same no, like, that's, not, that's Joey Abs <laughs> that's Joey oh, Abs this yeah, is like Joe, a natural Rodney's situation fine headed one so Rod yeah Rodney's okay, Rodney yeah. sorry Rodney. <laughs> no you're good he like he does look just like Canyon <laughs> that is a very good that is a very good. <laughs> And I probably so did my great that, thinking Sean was going to be here, so I didn't want to get shit upon. So um, that was probably where you that can, came from. You, you, safe you can raise it up if you want. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, yeah we're quite we're quite happy around here. <laughs> right. We're, after the match, after the match, we after the match, we then cut to highlights from the Access Festival that took place over the weekend. My first, my notes read, you have to question the lad who was amazed he got to call a match with Michael fucking Cole. I, I did put the fucking in there just for, for emphasis. Uh, China as well, sounding as if she was just drugged out and she could be anywhere, wishes she could be anywhere else in there. And Coach, or signing a VHS, which seemed out of date even in 2000. It was like, you're giving this kid, you're giving this kid a VHS, what? <laughs> but yeah, that 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 lad who was so excited to be with Michael Cole, I was like, oh mate, if only you knew. <laughs> like at this point, he's not he's not so bad, but if only you knew, son. <laughs> Am I? I mean, I don't know if you guys know. Was this was this their first attempt at an access festival, or was the one the year before? I can't remember. I don't, I don't think there was one at fifty forty. Uh, I, like I mean, they had the done like called yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, on. they had done. This is the first time I think they called it Access, but they had mm-hmm. done like Fan Fest before. Yeah, I know WrestleMania yeah, yeah. has a Fan Fest, but uh, yeah, I think this is maybe the first time they called it Access. So that's right, that's right. So once once that video package is over, we then head to the toilets, which is where you always want to be. And Al Snow is talking to someone in a cubicle. Steve Blackman warned him to take tonight seriously. Al agrees, but then the toilet flushes, so we we do not see who's <laughs> behind the door just yet. We then go to a corridor where Trish tells her boys it's time to show WrestleMania some T and A. And that leads us to our next match, which is Head Cheese versus T and A. Uh, now, head, now, gents, Head Cheese might be my favorite attitude here and guilty pleasure gimmick. But Logan, uh, to quote some other people that we know quite well, this match really was the drizzles. Yeah, as I say, this might have been the most boring, one of the most boring matches I've ever seen in my life. Um, my first note reads, uh, TNA are led out to the ring by Trisha's tits. I mean, Trish Stratus. Um, <laughs> I, I thought... Uh, I thought uh, JR having technical difficulties during this match uh, was incredibly fitting because uh, I think he probably would have shit upon it. So it's probably best that he didn't uh, have the ability to speak through his mic at that point. Um, the block of cheese, cheesy McCheeserton, whatever the fuck his name is, is so fucking dumb and so stupid. 
Uh, the crowd couldn't care less about any of these guys. They just don't give a shit the whole match, and it's just a boring sack of shit match, and I, I hate it with all my all, all my ability. Uh, but uh, I went dud on it because it stuck. Uh, two things. One, it's Chester McCheeserton. And okay, two, you, two, you clearly weren't listening to the end of the match where JR was doing one of my favorite things that JR does, which is just low-key burying everybody. Um, you know, the whole <laughs> bowling shoot ugly, clash of styles, uh, vernacular coming out. Um, I mean, mm. Logan, uh, Logan sorry, uh, Jake, sorry. Um, the crowd just didn't give, just did not give one shit. They, they didn't even care about Trish, for God's sake. No, they did not. This, I'm with Logan. This was absolutely horrible. Like, it was a weird thing, too. Like, did they make Albert wear that shirt here? Because it's kind of still early on. They don't want people to, they're like, don't want him showing off his hair. Just completely, <laughs> completely lifeless. Like, it was herky-jerky. There was no flow to it. This is, you know, um, you know, I want to say it's like Aaron George on a lot of podcasts has said the thing about Al Snow, like he was doing the year that was, saying, like, you know, Al Snow's this guy who, like, uh, has this reputation, like, in all these shoot interviews and stuff, that he's, like, the wrestler's wrestler and everything, and saying the whole thing about, like, um, you know, it's not a good match if it doesn't draw money or whatever, but, like, he is in a whole lot of shitty matches. Like, I went dead <laughs> on this, and it just made me think of that. Like, he, his persona is one that makes it seem like, you know, like, he acts like he's fucking Dean Malenko or something. Like, some guy who'd go in there, no matter what, and have, like, at least a good match. And a lot of times he does not. And this is one because I'm with Logan. This it was boring as hell. Crowd didn't care. I didn't care. It sucked real bad. Uh, and yeah, I mean, been, the, the Anaheim. Oh, go, ahead. Uh, go ahead, Ben. Sorry. <laughs> no, I was, was going to say is I, I'm going to uh, I'm going to complete the Dud trio because, yeah, I went Dud on it as well. And <laughs> when when the crowd don't even care about Trish, then I know she's only been around for a month at this point. But like you said, Logan, it's a, she's basically wearing nothing at this stage. So <laughs> you'd, you'd think they would give a shit at some point <laughs> yeah you would think they would have at least given a shit at first um but yeah like i was gonna say and the anaheim crowd is not known as being one of the better ones uh that's kind of one of the shittier parts of uh wrestlemania 12 as well so i mean i don't think i don't think this is the best crowd of fans but this match did not help at all um and snow like jake was saying just like I guess his best match is probably with Holly when they battle around into the river at uh, Saint Valentine's Saint Valentine's Day Massacre, um, but I, I can't think of another good match that he's in. And that one's only good because it's kind of chaotic and it's memorable and stuff like that. So, yeah, Snow's kind of one of those guys. He was he was pretty good in ECW. He had some good matches, but it's just something's missing there uh, when he was in WWE. Uh, I don't know if he didn't care or if he just. Uh, I I don't know if he was cooked at that point, but who knows? Yeah, once you get rid of head, once you get rid of head, that's it. He's he's got nothing else going for him. Real but quick, we do get after that. Her, her, real quick, but just horrific first hour, I have to say, of this show because that oh, kind of yeah. rounds out kind of the first hour. Just like all time bad first hour, I have to say. Like at this point, of the show is like, man, I, I know this show has a bad reputation, but it's got to pick up from here because that is like a rough first hour. Hmm. Well, like, well, like you, yeah. like you say, like the, you, you give the, you give the, the highest grade we've given so far is two stars, and even, and even that Jake's admitting that if it's not, you know, the, the, you know, it's a gentleman's two at that. We're not talking mm -hmm. like, yeah, you've got, you've got, a, you've got these, 
I mean, I, I mean, it's the same in the next show as well. The the next one's pay per view backlash. They've got this obsession with tag teams at the moment. It's like not every, it's a kind of similar problem to today. You know, not everybody needs to be on the card, WrestleMania or not. Just go with yeah. The tag team yeah. thing was a was a bad idea, without a doubt. Uh, it it didn't work for whatever they were trying to get accomplish. But. What was not a bad idea, Jens, that's a very good segue, by the way, Logan, thanks for that, was our next match, which is for the tag team titles, contested between the Hardy Boys, Edge and Christian, and the Dudley Boys. Now, I don't know about you, gentlemen, because as we said, we are recording this in mid-March of 2022. It blows my mind, 22 years on from this match, that four of the guys in this match are in very prominent positions still in the wrestling world. It's like... When you see what they do here and what what's to come, it's like how 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 are you guys even bodies even work? I know you know one guy happened to take ten years off, but <laughs> it's like what is going on? Yeah, it is pretty amazing that they all, especially because this is only one of the many that the, the these type of matches that they did. <laughs> but yeah, I, I made the same note. The fact that Devon is the only one of these guys that's like permanently retired is absolutely insane. Uh, so, especially you know, especially Jeff, uh, he does the craziest of all the spots. But you know, none of the, none of these guys took it lightly and all went balls to the walls uh, every time they did one of these. So, um, but yeah, it's amazing that all of them are, are pretty much all of them are still going. So this is a this is a not a TLC match. This is known as a triangle ladder match. My my notes read all the prototype to the TLC. Uh, Jay. Like I say, like we said with the first hour, that you know the Anaheim crowds are the best at the you know at the best of times, but they absolutely love this. And basically, these six guys had to try almost kill each other to get the crowd to uh, pay attention. Right, and it's um like I said earlier, maybe this is all in the grand scheme to make that that first hour so shitty and boring and like you know half-assed <laughs> for the most part. That when these guys come out, I mean, like if you think about the physicality in this match compared to like that stupid head cheese match in the opener and stuff, all of a sudden it just like flips to another gear where these guys are going out there like killing themselves. Where like in the opening matches they couldn't even like lay in a good punch, and now these guys are just like doing all this insane shit. Um, the crowd would have been insane to not wake up after that. I mean, despite the the deep snooze that they were put into earlier. <laughs> uh, Logan, we, we spoke at the beginning of the show about a man who took the ladder match to the next level in 1994, and here we are six years later, and these guys take it on again. It's just absolutely insane. Yeah, as much as Sean and uh, Razor uh, with those first couple ladder matches really innovated how it could be done between two guys, uh, this is really the match where they start the evolution of how uh, they can do it with tag teams, and these guys just pull out the best that they can do. Um, I, I will say this is probably the third best match of this type of the series, but that doesn't hold anything against it. Uh, this is just kind of an appetizer of what these guys can do. And, you know, they bust out even crazier stuff and bigger ladders in the future matches. But, um, but yeah, this match is just incredible. Uh, what they can do is incredible. And, you know, Edge and Christian and the Hardys had had that uh, ladder match uh, the previous year at No Mercy. Um, so that they had even kind of started the evolution of what, what tag teams could do in these kind of matches. So 
Um, yeah, just the stuff that these guys do, these guys do is absolutely insane. I honestly didn't take a bunch of notes for this match because I just thought it was incredible. Uh, I really wanted to sit back and watch all the crazy stuff, you know, Jeff doing the swanton from the top in the, uh, aisle way on the table on Bubba, um, and just all the other crazy stuff that they do, um, the stuff they put their bodies through, um, but uh, just amazing stuff, um. I went four and a half on it, so I'm probably going to go a little bit lower than you, Ben. But uh, I definitely <laughs> think uh, I definitely think it's a solid and great uh, all-time WrestleMania match. Uh, Jake, like and Logan's already mentioned the uh, Swan Tom off the ladder. Everybody's probably got a favorite spot from this match. Uh, my personal favorite is when Bubba power bombs Matt through that table on the outside. That just it's absolutely mm-hmm. sick. Um, but there, there are so many good things on here, like. Like the four fifty onto the ladder, that you know, even the even the little things like putting the table on top of the ladder to create a platform. It's just, it's just great psychology that doesn't need to be beat over the head with it because you can you can see exactly what they're doing, exactly what they're going for. Yeah, like it escalates really well, you know. But the one that always I'm gonna go with the Swan Tongue too because it's it always stands out to me because I remember what it was. I don't know if it's like on the the video or something, how they'll sometimes have those like exclusive backstage things. But I, I always remember they have this thing where it shows Jeff right after the match. And he has like the trainer, like Francois Petit or somebody popping his heels, like back into place because it's like not even something I really think about when he does a swanton like that, but like you would think all oh, his back and all that, but it's like his heels, like hit the ground so hard and it was just them backstage and they were like popping his heel back into place and it was just like the most sick shit i've ever seen and like it always sticks with me when he does that move because I, all i can think about is his heels just slamming into the um into the ground but yeah just pure insanity this match like um i thought they did um a good job too of like building the suspense um to as to like which team um you know was going to take this because it kind of felt wide open I am with Logan a bit how he said that I think they would sort of perfect it later, like with the 17 match and stuff, as far as like the level of energy and maybe the way they piece the spots together a little bit more. But this one's still great. I would still go four and a half on it. And I don't know if maybe I'm I'm docking a bit because it is the only downside of matches like this. I think sometimes is that they can like they aren't the most timeless matches, I think, because we have seen them constantly, like everyone's trying to top this. So I think it is, you know, maybe not their own fault, but I think time can be a little cruel to them just because we've seen so much insanity in the past 20 years, but I'd still go four and a half for sure. It's still amazing and just completely flips the show around, at least for the moment. Well, I, I, my, my, I think it is sort of similar to you, but from the opposite way, I like the fact mm-hmm. that, it is such. It feels so organic, and that's what I love about it. Like, and like you say, they've mm-hmm. they've, they've tried to repeat things in other ladder matches, but this it all flows. It all feels natural. It all builds that crescendo at the end, and just the little things like little things like you see today, like you know when you see the refs holding onto the ladders just to help support them. Nobody's holding onto that ladder of Jeff Hardy's. Mm-hmm. Like it, it, yeah. it's just it's just. It's just like I say, and 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 the other thing for me is, you without this match, you don't have the TLC matches, you don't have the Money in the Bank mm-hmm. ladder matches, you don't have, you don't have the, all these other crazy multi-man matches that we get in all other companies. So, I'm I'm gonna go a bit higher than you, and I'm it's not our first one of these because Miss Smith 
provided it for King of the Road last month, but I am going the full five stars on this, like for the match and for the influence it had on the business afterwards. Um, it's just crazy. It's just insane. If you haven't watched it in a while, go out your way to see it because it is, it's probably even better than you remember it, if I'm being honest. Because yeah, I was in. Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 exactly. Um, but uh, Edge and Christian were kind of a surprising winner of this, too, because, uh, you know, they start doing the real goofy comedy stuff after this. So, um, yeah. I mean, I think they had started to kind of turn heel at this point, but they were still kind of quasi faces. Uh, they kind of had that respect thing with the Hardys. Um, so, yeah, they were kind of a surprise uh, winner of this because you might have thought the Hardys would win because they're kind of the craziest team. And this would this match kind of fits their style. Um, or the Dudleys could have retained because they were probably the most, uh, you know, well, uh, what, what am I trying to say? Uh, they were probably just the most experienced team together. Um, and, you know, that they probably had the the up, up on experience of the other guys. Um, so uh, I think that that was definitely an interesting result. Uh, but it, it, it works uh, as they go forward for sure. So, um but yeah, this is just this is the you know this is the blueprint for all those crazy matches we get in the future. Yeah, because for the next couple of matches, they make sure that they they're the ones who win it. And let's be let's be honest, the Benoit Jericho one that was only a that was only a uh, also a like last minute addition, wasn't it? That it was never set up for to be a TLC match until until they had to go with it because mm. of Triple H's injury. Yep, exactly. Right, gents. I think at that point, after after an all-time banger, we will choose that point to uh, end the first part of the show on the high. So, from Jake and Logan, I'm my name's Ben Lott. We will be back up for part two of WrestleMania 2000 here on Chicken Salad, and we will see you on the other side. Nation, welcome back to episode 23 of Chicken Salad. My name's Ben Lock, and I'm here with Jake Williams and Logan Groslin, and we are talking all things WrestleMania 2000. So let's go back to the show. We that we go backstage to Kevin Kelly, who's with Mick Foley and Linda McMahon. She wishes Mick well, and Mick says there is going to be a fairy tale ending that will take place in the match tonight. Our next match in the ring. We'll start in a second, as Val Venus is going to be the special guest ref for it. This tonight is our only singles match, and it is a match that is consisting of the cat who is taking on Terry Runnels. Now, Terry Runnels at one time was married to Dustin Rhodes, and he was known as... Well, they call him the natural. Natural. Natural as can be. They call him the natural. 
Matt it comes Crum. naturally. <laughs> He's the son of a son and son of a gun. The hoss does the rodeo bulldog. That's a natural one. The official wrestler of Chicken Salad, of course, is Dustin Rhodes. And the our official Welcome. singer Thank is you. Mr. Thank Logan Constant. <laughs> he, he takes Tear the press, everybody. Tear my eye. It's the only reason people come on is so they can hear Logan serenade them, Jake. It's like, <laughs> right. that's, a, that's what I'm here for. <laughs> now, my first, my second note for this match, after noting that Val is the special guest referee, says that JR warns us this is not for those who use a star rating system. Now, Jake, I <laughs> I was horrified by this. I was like, how rude of you? What, what are you trying to say? Yeah, he, was, he was straight calling us out. Uh, yeah, that got me good. As I'm sitting here watching this to give it a star rating, he's just calling me out. <laughs> you better not, don't get your what star rating up for this one. <laughs> now, the girls are accompanied to ringside by everybody's favorite OAPs, May Young and uh, the fabulous Mule Logan. Um, I mean, there was there was meant to be rules in this. I mean, would you call it a match? Would you rate it? How, how are you how are you feeling about this? Is it is it sports entertainment? What are we doing? I, I I didn't rate it because really the idea of the match was to knock your opponent to the outside of the ring. So uh, they really just kind of crawled around and slapped each other and kind of did. I mean, you know, if you're a horny teenager, it's probably something you're super into. But as an adult person with a child, I just, you know, doesn't really do anything for me. <laughs> um, and of course, my wife. Uh, as uh, has been notable in many moments in this in this pod, uh, was in the room while I watched this match and no other match on this entire uh, show. So uh, she had plenty. <laughs> of comments. Uh, I can't remember any off the top of my head, but she had plenty of comments. Um, I, I did love the referee towel that uh, uh, Val Venus had. I also love the fact that the letters on his shirt were basically uh, jizz. So it was like uh, I can't remember <laughs> shirt that, the letters were basically just jizz in, into letter form. So, um, but <laughs> I also liked that the horny little she devil Terry was led to the ring by the actual devil in fabulous moolah. Um, <laughs> the fact, the fact, <laughs> the fact that they chose this as the only singles match uh, is a pretty fucking terrible decision. So um, that'll be, that'll be, uh, I, I, I would like to know what the thought process was there. Um, and I really think this match was just an excuse to get Mae Young out there so she could Bronco Buster, uh, uh, Fabulous Moolah, and Terry, and even even maybe Cat at some point. Uh, so I really think this was just an excuse to get her out there to act, you know, batshit like she always does. So I didn't rate <laughs> it. If I did, I'd probably give it like a quarter star just because of the uh, referee tell. <laughs> that's uh, that's very kind of you, Rob. I, I did rate it, uh, but I was feeling kind of generous. I knew it, I knew it minus one. And I, you know, um, I'm I'm going to gain mellow in my old age. And that and Johnny Sean was around, and so I, I thought I could go reasonably uh, okay on it. Um, Kate, like like Logan says, when you think this is the only singles match on this show, this I know they were on the hot streak of a lifetime at this point, the WWF, but that that kind of tells you something about this show right there. Yeah, like this was, it wasn't even like, I'm all for like some fun, dumb stuff, but this wasn't even like fun in a dumb way to me. Like, 
Mm-hmm. Like Logan said, the only thing really was like the Val Venus thing was kind of funny, but it was just like a complete clusterfuck. Like they didn't know what they were doing. They were just kind of like flailing around the ring. I felt like Terry kept doing the horns, like the horny she devil thing, because she had no idea what she was supposed to be doing. Like she didn't know what <laughs> she's like she didn't know what else to do. She's like, I guess I'll do the horn thing because we have to kill some time. Like, like again, I'm all for some dumb stuff. Um Again, not to keep plugging my podcast, but it's always fresh in my mind. Like, I've been covering the Al Wilson, Dawn Marie thing, and I have enjoyed it pretty well. So, like, I like some ridiculous, dumb stuff, but this it just wasn't even fun in, like, a dumb way. It just felt like a complete waste of time. So, I, yeah, I'd probably, if I was going to rate it, um, even though JR would scold me, I'd probably give it, like, a dud or something. I can't think of much I really enjoyed about it. Hey, we're all we're all for we're all for people plugging things as they go along. We've we, we've got no problem with that round here. <laughs> well, Perfect. goddamn pal, why'd you give it a star rating? This isn't even a real match. <laughs> Shut up, Jr. Go uh, go comment on some thirst picks on Twitter, Jr. Yeah, I was just saying. Now he's doing a podcast. What a what a mark. What a what a douchebag mark he is. <laughs> But remember, he's with Conrad, and Conrad's just a fan. Just you know, remember, remember that, kids. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, he's just a mortgage. Yeah. <laughs> that's all he. That's all he is. Uh, our our next match, though, pits too cool and China with against the radicals. The radicals, of course, you don't remember are Perry Satin, Dean Malenko, and Eddie Guerrero. And before the match in the radicals dressing room, he promises. He's going to lay his Latino heat onto China. I'm pretty sure this is the first mention of Latino heat. I mean, I might be proven wrong, but I don't, I don't recall it being mentioned before tonight. Uh, China, he hears all this in the other dressing room and is absolutely disgusted by what she hears. Uh, and Grandmaster promises that they will kick it tonight. Um, Jake, you know, this, this, this was almost a show stealer, like in terms of, you know, for a, for a, for a ten-minute match, it was absolutely. You know, some spots were really good. It was competent at worst. Uh, you know, for Ch- and for China to do some of the stuff she was doing, I know she had some great help from the other side, but I, I really enjoyed this. I've got to say. Yeah, it was. Uh, it was definitely the China show. Like it was, she was the the sun that this uh, match revolved around. I have to say, which I would wonder how a lot of uh, you know WCW. You know, like hardcore fans would have thought to have, you know, all their, you know, kind of all the, um, what do you call that? Like the, uh, the wrestlers, wrestlers in there and they go to WWF and, you know, now they're all <laughs> pretty much out there to make China look good, which they did a good job of it, obviously. But it's, um, it is funny in that way to think about like, you know, people who would have been like, man, finally our guys are going to get a chance to shine. And here they are like <laughs> pretty much putting over China. This <laughs> is kind of funny, but yeah, I mean, they did it well. Um, Eddie's great. He was super high impact as he always did. They did is they do a lot of good stuff, like being the nefarious heels to build, build the heat. Um, and you said, Ben, it's the first time they ever said Latino heat. Well, by the end of it, it was said about 48 times by oh, Kane. Yeah. Because, oh, God, yeah. oh, my God, he would not stop saying Latino it the entire match. Yeah, yeah, he was just, he was like a, the Terry in that match. He didn't know what else to do, so he just kept screaming Latino heat. Um, I do think, if I had to see a weakness of this one, it was maybe that they, um, you know, I felt like they flipped the momentum a lot, like you said, but it was only about a 10-minute match, and I felt like there were about three heat segments in this. Like, it kept flipping and mm-hmm. flopping, and I didn't think yeah. maybe all of them were completely earned. But, um, 
Yeah, it was kind of funny to see them. They were like feeding China, like like Conan and TNA, like just running straight into it. The letter hit them, which was funny. But um, yeah, like it wasn't. You know, it, I think the flow of the match was hurt a little bit by um, you know, like I said, by maybe a little bit too much on the flips of momentum back and forth for such a not that long of a match. But yeah, I think it was still a solid performance. I'd probably go about a three on it. I would say. Uh, for two things, Jake. For, first of mm-hmm. all, we don't mention we don't mention his name on this podcast unless he's in a match. I, I, I know, I know <laughs> you might, might might not have had time to send the small print, but you know, just, just let's not <laughs> make me let's not contract. get me too angry. And yeah, yeah don't break absolutely. the non-existent rule book, Jake. How dare you? <laughs> <laughs> it's clause it's clause forty one. God damn it! <laughs> it's an unwritten rule. And, Thou shalt not, and, uh, Conan. <laughs> and second of all, there was a weakness in the match, which was China's pants. Quite, <laughs> quite, the, quite the impressive wardrobe malfunction, because uh, Logan, they definitely had to go home early because of it. Yeah, that was my last note. They definitely went home early because of the pants rip uh, that happened uh, in the last, like, 30 seconds of the match. Uh, I mean, I think it was headed home anyways, but I think they definitely did, didn't did do a move in there somewhere. She kind of won with, like, this... Uh, I think Jericho did it at one point as his finisher. It was, like, an alternate finisher that he did in, like, 01. You kind of just have him in a headlock and kind of drop. Uh, it's kind of a reverse diamond cutter, I guess, is the best way to describe it. Um, but, yeah, I think they definitely went home early because of that. Um, to start the match, JR said that China has been vaccinated of the Latino heat. So I thought that that hit home <laughs> really hard in uh, current day life. So um, <laughs> I love the uh, radicals color coordination with the purple. Um, uh, ben, Benoit actually wears purple too later. So they all color coordinated with each other. I thought that was pretty cool uh, through line. Um I, I love Too Cool, uh, just their goofiness, the dancing, all that kind of stuff. Uh, they were super over at this point. This is one of the things that the crowd got up for. Uh, they love watching the dancing and all the stuff that Scotty did and the worm and all that. Um, I don't know that they def- I don't know that they deserve to be the Radicals uh, Mania opponent, but they, like I said, they were over. So, um, and I kind of feel bad for them because they're kind of just the background to China and Eddie, uh, China, the China and Eddie thing. So. Um, China's one of those that's, uh, you know, the more uh, experience that I've gotten as a wrestling fan, I can see a lot more things that maybe I didn't when I was younger. Um, she's just still super botchy, and I have a hard time getting into her matches because she's super slow and she messes up a lot of stuff. So, um, but there's no denying that she's still over at this point, too. So, uh, kind of putting them together, which might have been a weird pairing on paper, uh, I think was a really good idea because they were both uh, pretty hot at this point. Um, I went two and a half on it just because I liked, uh, you know, Scotty was Scotty too hot. He was really good in this match. He was a good little uh, glue glue piece in this match. And all the radicals were uh, pretty good as well. So, uh, yeah, I went two and a half on it. And the uh, the other big thing from this match that JR pointed out to us, uh, boys, um, do we are we all aware of what the difference between a do rag and a lid is right now? <laughs> 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 I am after watching uh, this match for sure. <laughs> that, that was that was quite some quite thorough commentary JR and the King gave for us. I I like I say it's a perfectly competent ten minute match, which you kind of need like a nice mid card match like this at WrestleMania, I think. Um, so I I I thought the difference between you both. I went two and three quarters on it, but I can definitely see why Jake went up to three. That's 
it's like I say, with these with these three people, you you can't go wrong really at this point. After the match, we then go to a video package which shows us the winners of the all day long mm-hmm. contest. And Jesus. they are going to California. <laughs> they are they are Bridget and Chris Binder. Uh, and my note reads that they are very trailer park trash friendly. Mm-hmm. And Bridget seems very keen to be there. It's like, you know, just calm all down. I mean, the, the all day long concept, I, I kind of wish they did this again. I mean, I know WrestleMania is like, until the last couple of years, has been eight hours long anyway. But this, this kind of thing, just get the crowd, you know, just get you in a pay-per-view crowd ready to go. They should, they should bring this back. I think it would have to be two days now because all the uh, there's so many WrestleManias and it would be too long to show all of them in one day. So, That's what I mean. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. It'd have to be like a day and a half. Well, uh, long, so. <laughs> I know, I know, I know. We didn't, we didn't, we definitely didn't have it over here, but I'm, I'm right thinking it was just highlights of the previous fifteen, wasn't it? In, in like five, six hours. Yeah, I think I it was just like yeah, maybe maybe some of the best matches and maybe a few little segments that were standout or something like that. Uh, I didn't watch it live, so obviously I don't know for sure, but I think it was something to that effect. I'm sure. I'm sure once he hears this, Rory will correct me and tell me what it was. He's he's quite good at that kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the the, uh, the, the 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 husband the husband winner of of that was definitely like just incredible with a mullet. So I, th- I definitely got <laughs> Bucky Beaver, uh, Aldo Montoya vibes uh, on that one. So. <laughs> I love that whole. I we've I've never even been on a helicopter, or a, a plane. Sorry, I was like, all right, okay. <laughs> and then she just couldn't stop screaming when they brought, when they put the camera on it. It's like, calm down. <laughs> and how many sec- yeah. and how many security did they need? <laughs> oh yeah, Jesus. The, the husband, I think, is my my fashion award. By far, with this, oh, uh, yeah. That's definitely this a sleeveless one shirt, without a doubt. He had the uh, the Austin <laughs> yeah. shirt. <laughs> with the do rag, it's amazing. Pure, pure Cletus. <laughs> Jessup or something like that. Probably his real name. <laughs> Jessup. <laughs> oh. We then we then head backstage where a very felt Big Show and Shane declared that there will be a new champion tonight. He was he was looking in some really good shape, I thought. It was like, yeah, it's considering, insane. Considering, <laughs> I mean, again, again, Jake, I'm going to plug your podcast. And considering where mm-hmm. you guys are and the and the shape he's in at this point, this this yes. must have been quite uh, quite the reveal for you. It certainly was. Um, <laughs> it would apparently go on to be a rough couple of years for show from this point on because he looked like it was jarring to see him this ripped. Because uh, where I'm at in late 02, early 03 is, is you know, I've covered it extensively, is uh, Gene's big show. And he has uh, got quite a gut. <laughs> so to see him just shredded <laughs> like this was kind of wild. It really was. Uh, Logan, after the, after this, though, we then get a video package with uh, Bob Backlund and Kurt Angle, where it's revealed that it's Bob Backlund who has created this match for the the, the two falls two titles match and then and then yeah. and then poor old bob gets put in the chicken wing 
Yeah, damn, Bob setting up old old Kurt Angle to to fail with this double falls Euro Continental title match. So, um, yeah, but he he gets what's coming to him and gets the uh, uh, crossface chicken wing, and the, and then uh, Kurt uh, talks to the security guy and says he's going to need some extra security for his uh, party that he's going to have later. <laughs> I'd love to. I'd love to go to a Kurt Angle party. I imagine it's milk for everyone there. <laughs> Milk and cookies for everybody. Oh yeah. <laughs> Is that a euphemism? <laughs> <laughs> Who yeah, knows the cookies Kurt? are filled with quaaludes. That's the that's the key. <laughs> <laughs> that all leads us to our next match, which is a triple threat match between Kurt Angle. Chris Jericho and Chris Benoit. This is a two-fall match. The first fall will be for the Intercontinental title. The second fall for the European title. I'll just read my first, my next couple of notes, boys, and I'll throw it to you. Uh, first one, again, crazy to think that Chris Jericho, A, is still going, and B, is in one of the biggest angles in in, in the company he's in at the moment. It's, it still blows my mind 22 years later. And also, we get a welcome appearance of Robo Fink, as I call him, doing the ring announcing, where clearly Fink says something like WWF Intercontinental and European Champion, which he can't say. So they they put the uh, they put the after the after production on him and uh, the post production, and he always sounds like he's in a faraway room. Bless him, um, Logan. I'll go to you first. Um, <laughs> you'd think with these three guys, like this would be this amazing match, and it it starts out pretty damn good but they never for whatever reason get into that next gear yeah I, I i didn't realize that that's why i think sounded like that but yeah he definitely sounded like he was in a sound studio um that so he definitely did that intro in post-production um but uh you know jericho cuts a promo before the match and i love when he busts out and calls kurt angle kirk angel um and he also calls <laughs> Benoit mr mr roboto those those will never not make me laugh so uh, I love that little uh, start out part with that. Um, like I said, the Fink thing, I, I didn't know that that was why that happened. But uh, yeah, he definitely sounded like he was in a well or in a sound studio or somewhere in deep in the distance. Um, I, I thought the concept of this match was pretty cool. Kind of the multiple fall, multiple championship match. Um, but I did think having the IC title be the first fall was kind of an interesting concept because... You know, nobody really gives a shit about the European title. So if that's not first, then uh, once Benoit or uh, obviously Benoit wins the first fall, wins the IC title. But once uh, that's over, I kind of don't really care which one of the rest of them comes out with the European title. Um, but uh, at one point, King asked Jr. who who his who would he rather his son look like? Uh, Chris Jericho with his long hair or uh, Kurt Angle, the clean cut uh, Olympian. Uh, so that was a real Sophie's choice there. Um, <laughs> but uh, bit, like I said earlier, Benoit follows the Radicals trend and also wears the purple. So I thought that, that was a pretty cool little uh, outfit through line for all of them. Um, the, uh, at one, when uh, uh, Benoit actually wins the fall with the headbutt, I thought the distance that he covered uh, doing that, because like Jericho's on the complete other side of the ring, uh, even almost against the ropes almost, uh, uh, I thought that was pretty impressive that he covered that amount of distance. Um, I thought the first fall was solid, but uh, this is kind of one of those matches where the Anaheim crowd kind of creeps in and uh, rears its ugly head. They weren't really into it, um, which I really 
think kind of hurts this match because I kind of think they didn't know what to do when the crowd went behind them because uh, I think these guys kind of, uh, you know, feast off the crowd being really into the match or whatever. Um, Kurt goes for one of his uh, patented moonsaults, and he, he it's just so flawless how he does it, and it never ceases to amaze me. Um, I, I actually do love the booking that Kurt lost both titles uh, but actually didn't get pinned in either fall. Benoit pinned Jericho in the first one, and then Jericho pinned uh, Benoit in the second one. Uh, but uh, the thought of Jericho being the European champion just doesn't feel right because he'd already been IC champ, so I feel like that's kind of almost even a demotion at that point. Uh, and I think he actually loses it like either the next night or uh, maybe even a week after. Uh, but yeah, that that one kind of was weird to think about. But uh, I went uh, three and a quarter on it, uh, kind of like you said, Ben. I think it could have been better, uh, and it never really hit that next gear. But I thought the work was pretty solid at the same time. I'm I'm pretty sure it's the next night because if I remember yeah, right, that's when that. China that's when China falls for Eddie's charms finally. Oh yeah, so that's he's, right. He's, that's right. Yeah, that's he's, he's, <laughs> he's the very he's the very definition of a transitional champion. Um, I like, like, I mean, like, like Logan says, Jay, um, the, the, the way they put the falls together just was confusing because surely you would have the bigger title be the second one unless you, unless we're just going for, they wanted to get the pop for Jericho winning and that would please the crowd. I don't know. Yeah. The rules were screwy and it's like, I feel like it's just, they were trying to get this angle which is cool. Yeah, no pun intended. This angel um, over like with the t- the two title thing, but it's kind of like they had to make the rules so messy to get there that it kind of throws the match off a little bit. I find too, like it's a little confusing. So very TNAs rules going on here. I have to say mm-hmm. uh, that was the vibe I got from it. Like, and I get it because they want the moment at the end, which to me is a little weird too because you're having like these goofy rules to kind of screw over a heel, which I know everybody gets to laugh at them, but. The way the crowd reacts, it's like they're not really sure because they don't like him, but he also kind of got screwed because it feels like they set him up to lose. So that's always kind of weird. Um, but, yeah, I think between the 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 rules, uh, the crowd, like Logan said, and I felt this one was just, um, you know, because we're still pretty early in Kurt, and he's got the moves down. I thought they did a lot of cool moves in here, but not to the level that you would see, especially from like Kurt and Benoit, as far as the intensity they would have like in the years to come. Like it just felt at times a little like they were just doing moves. Like it didn't have that like um, the intensity that you usually expect from a Kurt match that would really become like his trademark as he would continue on. Like he would bring the intensity and like even the most throwaway of throwaway matches. And so I I went three on it because I think it was all done well. It just was lacking. Like, I think you guys said it, like it just never went to another gear. And I think the rules made it a little bit funky at times too, but um, the effort was there. I just think there was a few things working against him. Well, I'm going to, I'm going to go back to what you said earlier about the video game. Cause you've just, you've just, Mm -hmm. uh, like just installed the idea in me that it was very much like playing a video game, wasn't it? You know, it was like punch, kick, hit a suplex, and repeat. There was like there, there was no real flow to it, to be honest. It was like you had you had angle, like they do that beautiful moonsault miss, but they didn't. They never focused in on that. It was just it was just something he did. It was and that's just how it that's just how it felt to me. Like it was it was suplex chops kicks. Which with these three guys works works well, but you know that they could, you know, in a year's time they could probably have a four four and a half star match in their sleep. They're just not that. They're just not at that point yet together. 
Yeah, this match I, even like a year later would have been a lot better, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as, well, as we know, yeah, Logan, that, face each as, other next year. <laughs> as, as we know, two of them do face each other ne- the, next year at the greatest WrestleMania of all time, and they they prove that they can go four stars. <laughs> yeah, 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 something like that. <laughs> Part three of that podcast coming never, never. By the way, just I'll just get that in. <laughs> The forty fifth of Never Worry or whatever Matt said on that uh, on, <laughs> last episode. <laughs> so after after the match in Jericho celebration, we then go backstage again where Michael Cole is with Vince, who says he is always a factor wherever he goes and promises that he's going to make things right tonight. We cut there to Triple H, who promises he won't be beaten because he will not allow it. As he is that damn good. Um, gents, I, I've got to admit something right now. I very much had that Triple H t-shirt and it was part of my staple wrestling wear for about 10 years. I'm not going to lie. I love that. I love that Triple H shirt that much. What a mark. I truly am a mark. <laughs> 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 All right. Our next match. Ben, Our next ben match Criscolo is... over here. <laughs> <laughs> if we if we can't get him for it being an AEW mark, we're going for being triple <laughs> Now he always did have a badass shirt, so I don't blame you. <laughs> Our next match, gents, Pit is a tag team match pitting the remnants of Degeneration X, X Pac, and Road Dog against Kane and Rikishi. My first notes read, fortunately, Run DMC, the Run DMC theme is kept intact and that Tori is looking very hutchy tonight. Green is definitely her colour. Um, Logan, um, I also made a note, Logan, that uh, Road Dog is very much slipping into uh, his descent into BG James territory, starting right here, because he is, he is fully lost without Billy Gunn around, and I never thought I'd hear myself say that. <laughs> uh I, I i did i did not understand the damn word that he said in his entire promo he he was just i felt like he mumbled the whole time but i didn't <laughs> i did notice that he never mentioned new age or old school poo poo at any point so it was automatically better than anything we've seen on highway for, yes. for sure yes uh, <laughs> um but it takes almost no time for uh dx to come out for jared to call uh Toria Jezebel. That was always his big thing with her. He always called her a Jezebel for turning on Kane. Uh, so it took him about 15 seconds of them walking out for him to do that. Um, throughout the match, King says something about uh, the fact that chairs chairs beg for mercy when Rikishi sits in them. So I thought that was a pretty good King line. Um, I love Kane's alternate uh, awesome attire that he had on. It's you know it's usually oh, yeah. the black on top of the red, but it's the other way around on this one. I thought that was a pretty sweet outfit he had on. Um, <laughs> Bear and Tori go face to face at one point, and uh, Bear does the well, you can go to hell. So I thought that was a pretty <laughs> good. Uh, I thought that was a pretty good little spot there where where they were kind of yapping at each other. Um, X Pac had some absolutely vicious kicks to start out with. I think at one point Rikishi's kind of on all fours and he's just kind of kicking him in the tits and in the stomach and just kicking, <laughs> kind, of, kind of kicking the shit out of him. So I thought that was a pretty good spot. Um, I love that Kane gets his revenge on Tori and X-Pac. He kind of chucks Tori into the corner and uh, lets Rikishi stink face her. 
Um, and then he uh, tombstones X Pac and gets the gets the win. So him getting his revenge on those two was a pretty good uh, pretty good story there. Um, the post match stuff went on a tad too long, uh, but it's always good to see Pete Rose get choke slammed uh, or tombstone by Kane. So um, I, I went two on the match. I, I I enjoyed the Kane part of it, and uh, I you know I'm a I'm a mark for the the stink face. So <laughs> I enjoyed this one. Okay, so I'm going to make a note of that. Logan Crosland stink face mark. Right, got that. <laughs> um, but I will say this, Jake, if you are a fan of the stink face like Logan is, this really was the match for you because I counted, I counted six of them during the match. Yeah, and imagine if she's uh, ass slot. got a, got its shit on. <laughs> no pun intended. Yeah, it was all over. <laughs> um, yeah, it's a, Paul looks like uh, Robert Goulet with the uh, with the red uh, sweater thing and the mustache. Um, yeah, this was a lot of just like everybody getting their spots in, and they they definitely are trying to like push this like Kane getting his revenge, but it's just a weird way that they go about it because the way Kane mostly gets his revenge is by like everyone getting a stink face. So it's kind of weird, like indirect kind of revenge that he's getting. Like, um, it felt, the match felt very, like, perfunctory. It was just, like, they go in there and just build to the spike. Everybody at the beginning is kind of getting their shit in, and then they just move into all the ways that they could have either Kane beat down X-Pac or, like, Rikishi stink face everybody, which is fine. Like, I think the result made sense, but I, it could have been better, you know, maybe a more entertaining match if they had a little more time. And I think maybe the dig on this match, too, is, like, getting to the, you know, every match has to be a tag or a multi-man match is that I think what most people probably would have wanted to see here is just a straight-up X-Pac versus Kane match to see Kane directly get his revenge. So that kind of hurts it a bit too. But I want to start in a half. It was a decently satisfying moment. Like, I don't know. I would have maybe enjoyed if we would just got, which would have probably been a pretty damn good match, uh, just an X-Pac-Kane singles match, like big man, little yeah. match. And then X Pac gets his comeuppance. But as it was, it was fine, if not maybe ideal for the situation. Uh, yeah, I would totally agree with that. And it, it, it kind of ties into the next match, but I'll, I'll, I'll explain that bit after. Um, I will say, I will say this about, about the post match sequence with the, with the whole dancing and the chicken and Pete Rose. Um, like, I, I, I kind of like the fact that they never, they never once tried to make Kane dance. That, like, King never said, oh, he, you know, would, would make, any reference to it and 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 too cool and rikishi never attempted to make him do it because they were like no there's, there's somebody backstage like no this this even this wouldn't work like as much as as much as the crowd love the dancing even kane that might be a bit too much for them but uh you know pete rose bless god bless his hearts you've got to understand boys like i don't know if you noticed but i've got a different accent to you too so <laughs> i <laughs> i have i have no idea who pete rose is at this point, he's just that guy who gets chokes land at Kane every WrestleMania. That's what I know him as. Right. It's only after the fact that it's only the fact that after, you know it's only after the fact you find out like what he actually did. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, but, and it's even for the time. I mean, it was you know his era was I think the seventies for the most part. So. Yeah. Even like if you're, you know, he's even before Logan and I's generation. But yeah, obviously the betting, <laughs> th- betting thing is the uh, the main deal with him. 
Yeah, yeah. I was just yeah. he would. I, I kind of just knew him as the guy who got choke slammed by Kane every year too. So, um, <laughs> but yeah, obviously, obviously, now that I've grown up and watched a lot more baseball, I know much more about him. But yeah, uh, that for years that was kind of he was like, oh yeah. I mean, I knew he played baseball because they kind of say it whenever he comes out at fourteen or something like that. So, um, but yeah, he was kind of the guy who Kane killed every year. <laughs> Speaking of speaking of celebrities, though, our next segment uh, has a look at ringside at some of the celebrities who have come to this year's WrestleMania, who include Michael Clark Duncan, Martin Short, Dustin Diamond, and that bloke from Third Rock from the Sun who isn't John Lithgow or Joseph Gordon-Levitt. It's the other guy. I'm sure somebody will know his name and somebody will tell me, but, you know. Brent Stewart. <laughs> yeah, thank Brent you. Stewart. Thank you. Thank you, Logan. I'm sure he means something. I'm sure he means something else, but that's all he'll ever be known as to me. The other guy from Third Rock for the Song. <laughs> I always saw him as uh, one of the, I think it's Jimmy Fallon plays him in the Celebrity Jeopardy. Celebrity ah, Jeopardy. Yeah, that's what, that's what yeah. I mostly know him from. Yeah. He's <laughs> right. also a star of the fourth Home Alone movie. So, uh, So you've just reminded me, I I, I think I've said this story before, but another cultural difference thing. So, you know, you know, back when uh, sadly we lost Alex Rebecca and Sean Connery in the same week and you you guys were all like, well, isn't that ironic? I was like, but why? 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 I don't know why that's a thing. (laughs) I had to go and do some research. (laughs) Oh, yeah, those are some of the best skits. I I love those things. So. And that, and that, and then yeah, all I could do, and then all, and then all I could do the next day was go to fresh and hair Trebek. That was pretty much my entire day. <laughs> all of this, all of this fun and frivolity leads us to the main event, at, which is a fatal four-way match between the champion Triple H, the Big Show, The Rock, and Mick Foley. Before the match, Kevin Kelly is with The Rock, who says it's not about the light camera action of Hollywood and California or the other competitors or even the mans in each quarter. It's about the world title. Uh, Thank you, Rock, but I think the video package at the beginning and the commentary throughout would uh, tell you otherwise, that it is indeed about the McMahon's in every corner and you four guys just happen to be there before the match though JR emphasizes tonight it is Mick Foley wrestling not one of the three faces of Foley uh, I have also made a note of the Rock and Vince's no fucks given walk that they were doing that was that 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 popped me because it was just like yeah we're not even looking at the crowd we're just going to march straight to that ring and also I know Sean loves him some 2002 Steph, but I'm going to say pre-boob job Steph as well. It holds a, holds a special place in my heart. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> uh, Logan, as for the match itself, um, I mean, it's, I mean, it's taking the bleeding obviously, but it's it's bloody long for what they're trying to for what they're trying to achieve. I mean, it's it's 40 minutes for God's sake. Yeah, as I say, and it feels every bit of that. Um... You know, I think they get rid of Big Show pretty quickly, and you know, even even Foley, I feel like they get rid of pretty quick, and then they just do like a full Rock uh, Triple H match. So, um, I definitely think this wasn't paced particularly well, um, and you know, it really just should have been Triple H and Rock. Like Foley coming back was cool, and you know, Big Show had kind of earned 
uh, throughout the last year, that spot to be able to be in that match and, you know, the controversy with the Royal Rumble and all that stuff. Um, but yeah, uh, that definitely, definitely didn't uh, quite work like I think they wanted it to. And all the McMahon stuff was probably a little bit more of an overshadowing than they intended it to to be. Um, but my first note on this was kind of about the c- celebrities that you mentioned. Quite the gaggle of people, uh, you know, anybody from Martin Short to freaking Michael Clark Duncan. So those are pretty uh, opposite ends of the Hollywood spectrum, I'd say. Um, <laughs> but I, I, I would love to know. I would like to see, like, uh, you know, we've gone through the uh, 1999 uh uh, payouts for WCW and all that, the receipts that have been released in that uh, lawsuit. I would like to know, I would like to see the receipts for how many people actually bought the big nasty bastard shirts because I would like to know <laughs> who they are and what the fuck is wrong with them because that's the stupidest <laughs> shirt ever. Uh, <laughs> I do think it was a good idea to kind of feature the big show early, uh, let him kind of dominate, uh, you know, for, just to have him go forward from here and kind of still be a big player. I do think taking him out first also was smart because, uh, you know, he really had no chance of winning this. You know, Foley may have had an outside chance, but you knew it was either going to be Rock or, uh, Rock or Triple H that was going to end up taking it. Um, I liked that Rock and Sock kind of teamed together at one point. Uh, that was a fun moment. Um, Rock at one point goes for the people's elbow, and Foley just inexplicably just kind of stops him and starts doing the uh, uh, – put, he puts Socko in. Um, I thought that was a pretty, pretty stupid moment right there. Cause they pretty much could have finished triple H off and he would have been out and it could have just been between him and rock for the title. Um, the, uh, at one point Foley goes from like the middle of rope and tries to do an elbow on the table. I think rocks on top of the table and he short shots it pretty bad uh, And the, the thud and just how it looks, looks pretty gnarly. Um, I can't imagine a worse cheerleader than Linda McMahon to be cheering you on. So Foley uh, definitely got the the worst McMahon. Um, He hit, uh, he uh, Foley gets hit with a pretty gross chair shot and then he gets pedigreed on the chair. So that effectively ends uh, Foley's career right there. Um, He comes back and hits a parting uh, barbed wire shot. So I thought that was a pretty good uh, parting shot there to kind of get him uh, on top as he walks out for, well, what conceivably was supposed to be the last time. Um, Triple H does a pile driver on the steps. I thought that was pretty nasty to rock at one point. Um, there was a nice Shane and Vince brawl at one point. So that, that starts a good one year build to their match at WrestleMania 17. Um, I thought it was a pretty lame ending. Uh, you know, you, they wrestled for what, whatever you said, 30, 40 minutes at that point. Uh, and just for it to kind of end with a couple of chair shots, I thought was kind of lame. Uh, I really wish they had switched the belt, especially because they were going to do it the next month anyways. Um, but it was kind of awesome to watch The Rock pound the uh, McMahon's ass- asses a- after the match. And, you know, he hits the rock bottom on everybody and even even hits the people's elbow on Stephanie. So uh, that was a fun little part to watch, even though the ending to the actual match was pretty lame. Uh, I went three on it. I feel like I should go lower because I really didn't enjoy it enough to give it a three, but I feel like a three is probably what it deserves uh, for the work they put in. Come on, Mick. You can do it. You can (laughs) win, Mick. Come on. I mean, Linda, some of Linda's acting is just marvellous during this. I mean, how how can you say anything bad about it, Logan? I don't know. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna show you my little theory here. So, like, 
like like Jake said in the last match, um, Kane and Kane and X Pac should have had the big blow off to their feud there. Uh, uh, if if you're going to get rid of Big Show in five minutes, put him in with Rikishi. He doesn't. He literally does not need to be in this match. The only reason they've got him in this match mm. is because this for this McMahon in every corner bullshit. That's the only reason they've got the, got him there. Um, Jake, yeah. this is mm-hmm. just this is. The actual match itself, it's just like it's just like every bit of bad attitude era excess in one match, but the talent level involved at least gets pushes up to be watchable. Right. It, it's a weird one. And I feel like it is fitting for this show because I feel like the whole it kind of matches the philosophy of this whole show for better or for worse. Like like just trying to stuff too much stuff in there. And I think there is a way this all could have worked. It's just to execute it, you would have to do it flawlessly. They just don't completely hit the mark. I'm kind of with Logan. Like, I think it's good and the efforts there just never really, like, there's so many little things. Like, I did think they they used Big Show pretty well for when he was in there. Like, they made his size mm-hmm. a factor and everything. And so I thought that was cool. And, like, I didn't mind the slower pace throughout most of this because the crowd, for the most part, was invested in it. And they were kind of playing off the dynamic between all three guys. Like, they have Rock and Foley kind of have history together, but they're both faces. And so they're kind of teaming up on Triple H, but then they can't forget about each other. And because the crowd, like, to your point, Ben, because of the the people involved, they could kind of overcome some of the the – the downsides of the way they put this together because the crowd is invested in all these guys, but Foley does seem very tacked on. Like you said, he is, he is Linda who just seems like, like, you know, he has no chance of winning it. He, he doesn't look like he has the weird, like short hair thing. Like he doesn't completely <laughs> look like the Mick Foley, like that we know it just feels so tacked on. Um, the match is extremely long. There was a, I forget if maybe this is the same one you're talking about, but there was like a table bump where they just kind of slid off of it and you could hear some guy in the yes. crowd give like a sarcastic, he just goes, holy shit, like to mock them, which I thought was funny. <laughs> but uh, it's just they tried to pack all this different stuff into this main event, like it being Foley's last moment, the history between all these guys, and it makes the crowd a little confused, like... It it goes up and down. I thought maybe the Rock Triple H stuff was a little bit too drawn out. And then like at the end when they start doing all the McMahon stuff, it's like it's like the match completely pauses. It's like Triple H and Rock just like take a nap while the McMahon's do all their bullshit. Where I feel like if you kind of <laughs> found a, if they could have found a way to maybe weave that together more, like have the McMahon's doing their shit, but like Rock and Triple H are more so going at it rather than like pressing pause on the match and letting them do their stuff. Like um, the turn by Vince just kind of seems like, well, we got what else we got to have that in there too. Like you said, been just very excessive. And I, I think there's a way you could have done it, but it just came off as, as very bloated trying to stuff too much stuff in here. Kind of like the whole show. So I ended up going three on it. Cause I didn't think it was really bad. And I liked what they were going for. It's just kind of, it's just like one too many things. And it just kind of falls a little bit flat. It wasn't the Epic that I think they were going for. Yeah. Yeah, and mm-hmm. and you could tell that, and you could tell that with some of the uh, like when they tried to brawl in the crowd because that was obviously going to be a big, a big part of it, and and they were back at ringside within ten seconds because they they realized either something was going on in the crowd or the crowd just weren't going for it, so there was no point doing that. So like, let's just go back to ringside. Um, I'll, I'll say as well about Foley. Yeah, he was tacked on in the match. I remember, I think it's in the second book. He basically says he was he was on a 
he was nearly on a plane to Orlando to go to Disney World and let and whoever rang you up to say, Can you come back? Can you come to Raw? Just to, we're gonna put you in at WrestleMania. Like, oh, okay. <laughs> but he's he for me is like the story almost the story of the match because they do the rock and sup thing, and then when he went the rock's down about 10 minutes later, he realizes he's got to team up with Triple H. So he almost goes quasi heel during the match, just to just to, to just to get you know just to make sure he gets triple h one-on-one and then and then with the whole table bump if you watch it i didn't realize this i watched it earlier on today triple h sort of pushes the rock along obviously to get him into position but if he'd have left the rock where he is foley would have hit that absolutely flush onto the rock and it was that it was that little half a half an inch push or inch push that moved it out that moved him out of the way but that's what you get when you're not in the bin. That's what you get when you're not in ring shape for like four for four weeks. You've 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 let yourself go, <laughs> as, as we all do at times. Um, I went three as I went three as well. So we're I'll I'll round I'll round the three up. Um, I also want to mention one of the all time great JR lines at the end of the match. So after the match, like Jake says, so Vince has hit trip. Uh, Vince has hit the rock with the chair. Uh, rock takes out. Vince and Shane with a rock bottom, um, and then Steph, and then Steph and uh, Rock and Georgiak, and uh, Jr. says, "Well, I don't think he's going to do it." And then slap. Oh, he <laughs> might. That that just always <laughs> popped me, and I don't know. I honest, I don't know why. I don't know if it's just Jr.'s delivery. I just don't know what it is. <laughs> yeah, he he was on fire tonight. He was he was one of the positive parts about this show for sure. It's just like say it's just the oh he might. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, the, yeah, that the whole ending bit. It's just like just just we just don't need this soap opera bullshit at times. It, that was that was you know like, the other problem with two thousand WWF. It's just like we just don't need this McMahon bullshit. You've got like the most over wrestlers you've had in years, apart from Austin. It was weird too because they but didn't I mean, like and, and do you much, even... much during the match. It was like they just waited until the last like ten minutes to, and all of a sudden, like, like I feel like the McMahon's didn't do a whole lot for most mm. of the match. Mm-hmm. And then, you can even do the turn. You can even do the turn, but like have Brock overcome it. That would be a great story and a yeah. great. Uh, you know, I mean, it 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 just could have ended a lot better, you know. But just two kind of dud chair shots. It, it, it's the it's the same problem I have with the next year's main event, which uh, it's a great match. I won't deny it. But I mean, it, that's why it's <laughs> not an all timer to me. Is because it just ends with a bunch of stupid chair shots. Like uh, it didn't have to be that way. I mean, it just it, it could they both both matches could have ended a lot better. Would have been a lot higher rated for me personally. You, you better not deny it either. <laughs> Only kidding. I Only kidding. <laughs> uh, so, that is the end of this show, but it's not the end of our show, gentlemen, because we have some awards to give out. I will go. Oh, well, I think we could. I think, I think the best match we can uh, all agree on the, the tag title match. Mm-hmm. Yep. Uh, now I went. I went. Cat Terry for the worst match, but I'm. I'm. I'm I think I know where you two are going to go. So I'm. I'm. Gonna, I might change my vote because 
that wasn't technically a match. So I'm going to go with the head cheese TNA match. I'm going to change my mind, uh, Logan. Yeah, that's what I'll go with. That match was absolutely awful. Jake? Yeah, I mean, yeah, easily head cheese and TNA. I mean, the that is a, a match with wrestlers in it. I mean, the other thing was like, <laughs> you know, you know, they know, you know what you're getting with that. These are guys who should be able to do better. Absolutely. Uh, now, most surprising match or moments. So surprisingly good, surprisingly bad. Um, I'll go to Logan for this first. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, too cool and the rad- too cool China and the radicals. I thought that was a lot better than I would have imagined it was. And I'll even throw a bone to Kane uh, and Rikishi with the uh, the the remnants of DX. I thought those were both kind of surprisingly good. Uh, Jake, so with this one, I don't know if I would go one match particularly. I guess maybe the opener, but. It's more, I'll say the Oprah is a match, but just how flat that for the open, the beginning of the show was. Yes. Like, yeah. I'd kind of, I kind of remembered the show being like, but I guess I remember it being more like kind of two star decent, but not great matches, not like completely crap matches like we got at the beginning. That kind of shocked <laughs> me. Like, I thought they'd be more like mediocre yeah. than outright bad. <laughs> yeah, just I mean, like you say, putting matches on like that in front of this crowd, that it's it's not going to work with it, with these guys. Um, I went surprised. I've got two, so I went surprisingly good, and with like I'm with Logan with a tag title match, but I went surprisingly bad. I'm going to go with the not wait, it's a bad, obviously, but the 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 triple threat Euro Continental match, which could you know like even if it took place yeah. a year later, like we said, could have been so much better. Yeah, it's more like surprisingly disappointing than surprisingly yeah, bad. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's something we could. I mean, that's something we could all say about this whole show. It's surprisingly disappointing, given the time frame. Mm-hmm. But we'll 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 get into that in a, in a bit. <laughs> um, so <laughs> next award, the, our Lenny Lane Award for the shit take of the night. Now, Mister Kid is not with us tonight, so I, I think yet again, uh, Logan, have we have we had a shit take really tonight? Because I can't think of one. That's, Outright. No, not really. I think I think I was if if honestly if it was anybody, it was probably me at some point, but I I, I can't think of anything else that can it was we, like whoa. Can me. we just so, give it to Sean? Like even though he's not here, yeah. let's just give it yes, to Sean. Sean for picking shitty what? dates that he actually wasn't gonna make before. <laughs> no, no you know what we're gonna do, guys? You know what we're gonna do, guys? As an eighty-eighth birthday present for him for his eighty-eighth <laughs> birthday, we will give him the Lenny Lane Award. There we go. We, we, <laughs> and I think at this stage, should we even change the award name to the Sean Kid Award? Just, just yeah, we'll, just, we we'll do that. We, we'll so. do that. We'll we'll change as our birthday present to you, Sean. We'll 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 name the we'll name the award after you from now on. There we go. Beautiful, beautiful. You know, it's, I, I like to make I like to make these decisions on the fly. This is this is what happens here. Uh, chicken salad uh so jake our next award is the fashion statement of the night uh we've heard a few contenders from you have, have you have you got one to pick or have you got are you gonna are you gonna go with a, a few entries uh i think my number one's gonna be uh, logan what did you say the guy that won the contest what his name would have been i'm trying to remember what you had said oh uh shit <laughs> i can't remember uh <laughs> like... <laughs> Like Jessup or something. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Jessup who with with his uh with his sleeveless shirt on the uh, private jet. Yeah, I, I Allen Town. 
I had got China's pants or Godfather's shirt, but uh, I can go with Cletus as well. That was, uh, that, <laughs> yeah. it was quite the look forward and bless him. <laughs> now, yeah, I, I would definitely go with, uh, I would definitely go with Godfather's uh, outfit in the first one, but I would also give uh, an honorable mention to uh, Trish Stratus's top or lack thereof. So, oh, yes. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Now, now, this is an award we don't give out very often, but I think we can tonight. Um, it's our Hidden Gem Award, and I'm I'm going to nominate two. I'm going to nominate two. I'm going to nominate the six-man tag, or the six-person tag, mm-hmm. because, like you say, that was a hell of a lot better than it should have been. And I'm also going to nominate the tag title match, only because it's the, it's the matches, the TLC matches after that always get mentioned, and even... The ladder match from No Mercy gets mentioned before this, and 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 this yeah, does kind of get the hidden, love it in, deserves. In, uh, classic of them all. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, uh, I, but I will, I will, I will veer in the spirit of the award. I don't know how you feel, Jake, uh, but I will veer towards the six man tag being that three three star. That's what we like to give this award for matches in that three star range that don't get talked about very often. Yeah, it's a weird thing on this show because typically I probably would go there, but at the same time, it's weird for me to call a match that I find kind of disappointing a hidden gem. You know, like, mm. I don't know, it's strange. But I think the ladder match is a good pick. It is a little buried um, mm. with the, especially, it de- definitely hangs in the shadow of the 17 one. Excellent. Okay, well, we'll, we'll put them both in. I mean, I should have mm. actually go back. I should have actually, I should have actually created a spreadsheet for these matches because there ain't that many of them, to be honest. <laughs> yeah, there's probably only about five at this point, so you don't have to worry about too much. Yeah, I was going to say. I was going to say. <laughs> um, so we have two. We have our two. We have one. Sorry, we have one award left on our lead table. So I'll go to our guest first, Jake. Would you consider this show to be chicken salad or chicken shit? I think I'm gonna have to go a slight shit on this one. Uh, because I just don't see myself like, I felt like on the show, they were trying to go for like a WrestleMania three or WrestleMania six kind of feel where you cram everything in there and like get in. But I don't feel like they executed as well as those shows do, because those are, you know, in a certain way, if those like those older WrestleManias, those classic ones, if they don't set it up, right, those could come off as bloated too but they just paced all those perfectly. All the moments are satisfying where I feel like this is like the downside of that, where like, I don't see myself wanting to revisit this show, even though there's a few bright spots on it. Like even the stuff I thought was okay. I, I like the main event, um, the, uh, the radicals match, all of those, even though they're decent, I still find them disappointing. And then the stuff that's not disappointing, is just kind of like outright bad. So it's like, I have to lean shit because I don't see myself really having a lot of desire to watch this a whole bunch more. So I'm I'm going to use a slightly different analogy. I know Logan's like the king of the salad analogy, so I'll leave him to last. But I'm <laughs> I'm I'm not, so I'm not even going to mention salad in this. So I'm I'm going to say this is like ordering a really disappointing steak at the restaurant. You know, you've been you've been preparing mm-hmm. all day for it. You know, and usually you go to this restaurant and it's usually really nice. It's really great. And on this one night, it just doesn't work. There's just something mm-hmm. off about it. And I don't know, I don't know what it is, whether it's just the excess that's involved. If like you say, the you know, if we talk about the actual show, the, some of the matches don't hit off. There's there's, you know, far too many multi-man matches in there. Just mm-hmm. you, you you can do, you know, you do boring 
battle royals in the modern day. Do it here. Do the, you know, put more guys into that hardcore battle royal, or even, like I say, have the battle royal be on heat, and then you could have the triple, have a triple threat between the Hollies and Taz, because that's what you want to do, actually, on the pay-per-view. Um, Logan, I mean, you know, sad or shit for you, my friend. Yeah, I'm going to have to go shit. And like Jake said, it's just slightly. There's a few kind of good matches in there, but there's a lot of disappointment. Uh, it's kind of like, uh, you know, uh, with the with, with the Royal Rumbles that we've done, like, you know, it's still a Royal Rumble. Like, you know, this match is, or this show is still a WrestleMania. But like with Royal Rumbles, I feel like even a bad Rumble is still uh, something that you could watch pretty easily. Um, I feel it's uh, kind of the same with WrestleMania. There are some that like just aren't watchable at all and i i i I make myself go through them every year uh just to watch all the manias in preparation for that years but uh but yeah this is this is one that's kind of right on the line of like this is going to be the one of the last ones i'd watch uh but this way i could describe Mm. it with all the tag matches and just the collection of too many people it's like a pizza with uh way too many toppings on it you know you you want your just you know regular pepperoni and sausage or something like that but they pile uh peppers and onions and mushrooms and uh, all that other kind of crazy stuff on there. So, um, you know, maybe some anchovies thrown in there or something like that, but it's just a pizza. Some head, with too some many head cheese. Some head cheese. Yeah, maybe some, yeah. maybe some head cheese that's thrown in there, but <laughs> yeah. Um, but yeah, that, that's the best analogy I could come up with, but, um, but yeah, it's definitely on the shit side. Absolutely. I, I, I honestly, I, I don't, I understand where you two come from, right? I just don't think in the show that when I've given a match five stars, I could call it, I could call the whole shit, whole show shit. <laughs> it's when, when that match is sort of half an hour of the show, then <laughs> that's kind of where I am. But I, I, I totally get where you two are coming from. Um, as for the league table, gents, um, I think it's pretty safe to say that we're, as we're, we're not entirely sure where it's going to be going. I don't think it's going to be troubling you the top of the table. So what I'll do, I'll read from the bottom. So the bottom is obviously the best show we've done. And then uh, if you want to jump in and just uh, just say if you think the show's, a show's better or worse at any point, just, uh, just jump in and we'll debate it. So at the bottom, we have SummerSlam 93, Starcade 89, <laughs> Backlash, Backlash 05, Halloween Havoc 98, WrestleMania 9, no Way Out 93, Battle Bowl 93, Royal Rumble 96, WrestleMania 27. I think it would be right in between Rumble 96 and WrestleMania 27. So, number 15. Um, Yeah, I could go with... Yeah, I could go with that, because the tag title match is better than Punk Gordon, yeah. Yeah, I, I would rather watch 16 before 27 for sure. <laughs> and, and and let's be fair, nothing on nothing on this show is worse than Cole King. <laughs> oh, absolutely not. No, 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 definitely not. Um, but uh, you know, I'm a big fan of that Rumble '96 show, so I think that 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 would where I would wedge it in. <laughs> I'm I'm happy Same with thing. that. Uh, Jake, Jake, yeah, you happy mm-hmm. with that? Cool. We'll yeah, I'd probably I'd probably put '96 uh, Rumble '96 sentimental pick, but. Probably, I'd probably rather watch it than this or uh, 27, honestly. To be fair, I think it's quite a few people's sentimental pick that show. <laughs> so, that, so, that, that, so there we go. That'll be our new number 15. Uh, so, Jake, thank you so much for coming on tonight. Mm-hmm. It's been a blast as always. Uh, have you got anything you'd like to plug while you're here? 
Yeah, besides the pods I do with you guys, we do um, Highway to the Impact Zone and YouTube Roulette and all that kind of stuff. But uh, over on the North-South Connection Network, I do uh, every two weeks, I do the Ruthless Aggressive Podcast going week by week through the Ruthless Aggression era. And um, I just kicked off uh, 2003, hit episode 50, and we'll be chugging along through that uh, up into uh, in the season going towards what some others would call that that is the greatest mania of all time. So... We'll see. It should be exciting. Excellent. Uh, Logan, anything you want to plug while you're here? Absolutely. And I, I just want to say, Jake, I'm so proud of you for actually saying the ruthless aggression era. Because anytime anybody calls it the ruthless aggressive era, it just makes me so, so angry. I can't even, <laughs> I can't even begin to tell you. So I appreciate you taking the time. Correctly, um, so, <laughs> um, but uh, highway to the impact zone, like Jake said, we're all on. Uh, we'll be recording the next episode of that. As of when we're recording this, we'll do it uh, next week. Uh, with mania season kind of coming around, things are a little chaotic, so it's harder to get these shows in. Kind of on the uh, brink of going going on that trip. So, um, ironically, we actually have uh, a pedestal coming up that we're going to record, and we're doing. Uh, the Razor Ramon, uh, Shawn Michaels, WrestleMania 10 match. So I feel like that kind of worked out <laughs> pretty well for us. Um, I think that one actually comes out after WrestleMania and all that. But um, but yeah, I think that kind of worked out that that's the match that I chose to kind of uh, see if it's on the pedestal and all that. Um, but from Squared Circle to Silver Screen and Cronoso Daily on uh, the Noso feed and just a bunch of other great stuff. All the shows are great. All the feeds are great. So just listen to everything. Absolutely. Uh, plenty plenty out there on the quad of pods. As for me, you can catch me on with the special relations every month. Uh, we are winding down for our summer break. We've got another three episodes to go though, so we'll be back we'll be back. we'll be with you till at least May time. And as well, I'll quickly plug the new episode that we rec- well, we're recording tomorrow night as we're talking, but it'll be the new episode of Popcorn Chicken Sound where we will be watching Airheads. So, uh, yeah, I've been made to suffer another Adam Sandler film. Uh, thanks a lot, boys. <laughs> Cheers. Look, really appreciate it. Late night. <laughs> Late, yeah, I, I, I've, already, I've already done it. Don't worry. <laughs> uh, so, uh, for Logan Crosland, I want to thank Jake once again for being with us tonight. And remember, everybody, hard work pays off. Dreams do come true. Bad guys, bad times don't last forever the bad guys do thank you so much for listening and we will see you next month